Winston Churchill once said, the pessimist sees difficulty in every opportunity. The optimist sees the opportunity in every difficulty. Get ready to be inspired. This is the Big Fish Cares Podcast. Big Fish Cares Podcast. Whether it's business, life, financial, relationships, we're sharing stories and journeys to help inspire you to be optimistic and to take action. No matter the hurdle in life, you can do it, and we're here to help. Welcome to the Big Fish Cares Podcast, and here's your host, Benny Fisher. We're continuing our uh, summer series um, on Ben Fisher's friends in the NFT space, and this today we got the guy that kind of started it all off. Uh, yeah, most of you guys know that Gary V is the one that kind of got in my head to look into NFTs and V friends. But when I went on that journey, I met this first individual in the Discord. Uh, his name's Ron Jordan. He's my guest today. But a couple fun facts about Ron. Um, first of all, he only lives like an hour away from me, so he's in Slippery Rock, Pennsylvania, which I find fascinating. There's a 7 billion people in this world. And the first creature that I found in the NFT space happened to be in the same part of you know Southwestern Pennsylvania. So that was pretty cool. Uh, and then we're going to get into a lot more in today's episode about Ron's kind of personal story, his journey. Uh, he runs a podcast as well. He's got an NF, uh, NFT project called NF Daddies. Uh, he's really passionate about educating the community. So without further ado, my friend Ron Jordan, welcome to the show. Yo, Benny, thank you for having me, my man. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That's I tell you what, I'm starting to blush over here with that type of intro. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's 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 cool, right? Because, like, I don't know, we're all part of How it. How weird. <laughs> we're all part of stories, right? Yeah. And for my story of getting into this NFT space, um, you know, we all have our own unique story, and I think mine's, like, the coolest story because it's mine, right? Um, of course. But for... For, for me, like getting into that discord reminded me of being like 14 years old, trying to figure out how prodigy was working. I don't know how old you are, but like back in the early days in like 93, 94, 95, we had this like prodigy that came like before AOL and there was like all this like weird chat rooms and stuff. Yeah, I was circa AOL. I mean, it reminded, it reminds me of the chat rooms, age, sex, location, like all of that stuff. And then yeah. we, we evolved into aim, which is sort of like DMS now. Yeah, dude. Like I'm, I'm totally with it. I was rocking CDs back in the day. Like the, uh, the AOL minutes that you got, like I would just like siphon those off my friends whenever possible. Um, cause I was like, I was always an adopter of this, uh, like online chatting and stuff. So I've always been, been a fan. Well, that's the one thing that we all have in common. I found that every single person that I've become friends with now in the NFT space, we've all been doing like this nerdy techie stuff before it was actually mainstream. Uh, but now we're all talking about it. Before it was kind of like, oh, yeah, we didn't really talk about it. Didn't really have a platform. Now we all have platforms like, you know, yell it from the mountaintops. And I find that everybody's <laughs> got we have we, we got it's like that early adoption curve where we're like in the top one to two percent of people that like kind of get into stuff. And then by the time mainstream gets here, like we're already being something new after that. Yeah. We're kind of bored with, we're bored. (laughs) Yeah. Like, so like, you know, right now, as we record this podcast, so the summer of 2022, you know, NFTs, Ethereum, Bitcoin, everything's in the tank, right? Money wise. Right. But we're also just excited about it as we were last year, because we know what the technology is all about. So like, regardless of what it's worth right now, 
Um, right. It's just it's going to take the rest of the world a few years, maybe ten years, to actually catch up to with what we're doing today. And that's why Agreed. I'm really passionate about just kind of staying on it, at least keeping awareness to it. You know, am I going to? You know, sometimes my excitement goes up and down with you know the excitement of other people. I feed off other people. Um, how do you feel about that whole market downturn? The, the excitement of people's kind of kind of went down. Really- so- I enjoy it because there's a lot less noise going on right now. So it allows us as a project, as, as NF Daddy's NFT project goes, like it just allows us to build in a lot less um, like the community trying to keep up with the Joneses almost where we're trying to like do this to be to be in you know, quote unquote is like, yeah, it's it was really annoying when all that was happening last year. And we were like, we would contemplate during our meetings. We'd be like, well, should we do this? Because this is hot and that'll help us sell things. And it was just like, you know what? We got to stick to our ethos and like, we're just here. We're here to educate. We're here to have a good time. We're not really here to sell a bunch of tokens. We're really here to enhance the technology. So it, this downturn is allowing us to really focus in on some practical applications of NFTs and Web3, which has been a really fun experience with the team that we have, um, especially bringing on a couple new developers. We've been able to really spread our wings and and dive into more real-world applications that are that's going to ultimately feed into the next generation of adoption from like web two companies coming in, or even like I look at startup companies using web three, the way that we're starting to uh, build right now over at NF daddies. I'm looking forward to that next evolution of it, but I don't really care what uh, Ethereum dips down to. I don't really care um, if NFTs are going to be hot for another three years. Like we know the tech now, so it doesn't matter to me or the guys on the team or anybody in our community, it doesn't really matter to us. Do you ever look at like, I mean, I'm looking at it like, I just sold my Hellcat uh, today because so I can, I sold that high, right? Cause used car prices are high. Now all I want to do is like go buy Ethereum, a bunch of Ethereum for $1,200 a piece. You ain't I mean, kidding. Like, I, well, that's what I'm saying. See, I'm just doing the flip, right? So I do like to monitor that so I can like look at buying opportunities, right? Um, but let's get back to, I want to get into the practical applications, the real world stuff, because I think like too many of us, we use terms in the space like web two, web three, NFT, sure. metaverse, like average people just, they don't even know what that means. But yep. first let's get some context on who you are, uh, as a person and give us a little bit of background on your personal story. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, my personal story is I'm a former social worker turned, turned, uh, electrical salesman turned entrepreneur. Um, I've always been super big into self-help and like growth mindset and all of those types of things. So I've always been really an adopter of, of like unique hobbies, unique um, pastimes, things like that, and even jobs in general. So like that's always been something of mine that, that I've done. I come from a small town, um, farm town, really. We had one blinker light. So like, <laughs> Everything that I do nowadays is like so different from the way I grew up. Like the way I grew up was my family had a farm. Um, we lived in town, but like we had a farm on the outskirts. So like we would ride four wheelers and go farming and fish and hunt and things like that. So like that's my that's where I come from. And to come into Web three, that's so techy and um, 
And just like the difference between Web 2, Web 3, just to like dovetail into that, Web 3 is really about ownership. If just so like as we progress through here, Web 2 was about like social connecting and Web 3 is really about ownership of that. Um, so I just want I, I wanted to put that out there. But anyhow, like that's my background. I, I got an MBA from Florida International University. Um, Dude, that's crazy. So like here's what. So you talked about growing up in the country. Talked about growing up with one traffic light. Um, what kind of profession did your mom and dad do? Uh, so my dad was a student for most of my, like most of the time that they were together. Um, and then he turned into, then he went and, uh, yeah, he turned into a nurse. Uh, <laughs> so you turned into nurse. a web guy. Yeah. Yeah. He turned, uh, he turned into a nurse. Um, and he's been doing that ever since my mom was a, a medical transcriptionist. So she was always on the computer, uh, typing and things like that. And that's really how I got my start into computers in general. Um, was she would have computers from her jobs and, you know, she would either get fired or, or leave her job. Cause she had like a, a bit of a troubled, uh, history there, but we would have these computers. So I would be able to like rinse and reuse them and use them for whatever I wanted to. So gaming or, um, yeah, AOL so, and chatting and stuff like that. Yeah. So when you were a kid growing up and you had like this access to like the internet and like some of these programs, you know, what, what were your friends doing at school? Like, what was the typical, like what they were probably playing like standardized video games. They probably weren't doing more of the computer stuff. Right. If they're yeah, into, they like, were my friends, like my friends were I like outside playing I, football. Yeah. I remember whenever I first got Sega, I got Sonic and I like never had a, a normal life after that. <laughs> <laughs> like I would go outside and, but I always found myself even like younger days, I would like be playing on my own and everybody else would be like building their, their uh, clubhouses and stuff. And I would like, I would have my own. So like I was always a little bit more of a, an outsider than I was like in the group, which was interesting. Do like the brothers more or sisters? I look back on things. Yeah. It's fun to, yeah. It's fun to reflect. Do you have brothers or sisters? Yeah. I got two younger brothers. All right, that's cool. And then, um, did you, obviously you went to uh, you went to college right after high school? I mean, seems like it. Yeah, I, mean, I was like one of the I was one of the first to go to college, and then definitely the first in my family to get a graduate degree. And what did you when you like left high school? And you're like, what am I going to be when I grow up? Like, what did you want to be when you grew up? Well, I wanted to be a professional baseball player when I grew up. I thought I was going somewhere with baseball, um, but okay. ended up I couldn't throw above 90 miles an hour, and I was a righty, and I was short, and I couldn't hit, so had to yeah. figure it out. Could um, have switched, you could have switched arms and, like, tried to throw lefty. If you could throw 90 and be a lefty, you'd have been in business. Dude, there's a quarterback right now that's coming up through the high school program. He can throw lefty and righty. It's in, like, so, like, so he'll be able to play. Will, 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 he, will he be able to pitch, like, Back-to-back -back games because, like, his arm will be – Well, he's a quarterback, not a pitcher. So, it's I'm just saying, uh, like, ambidextrous uh, people, yeah, he's able to, like, throw righty and lefty. It was incredible. Like, throwing BBs. It was in insane. I watched him on ESPN the other day. That's wild. I mean, just think, just think if he was a baseball player that could, like, throw just as effective righty and lefty, you could literally – he'd get double the contract in Major League Baseball. Instead of making – like, Kershaw, doesn't he make, like, $40 million a year? He can make $80 million a year because he'd have the righty version and the lefty version. <laughs> yeah, right? 
what if he could just what if he could out. switch yeah well what if he could just switch it up in the middle of a game too i was thinking like just go like, all totally game could. go right go all game go left because you better pitch like every three days then because your arm would be well i don't know though if you could do that because you'd be throwing now, the legs and the core and everything but i'm saying like even mid game mid batter just throw out a left like go lefty well, then go righty then go lefty like so could yeah, you imagine you could, as a hitter yeah you could be the ultimate bullpen guy because you'd be able to pitch three or four innings a couple times a week because you're using both arms and like you're just like switching it up. You don't have to get one of those gloves designed to where like you could just put the same glove on each hand. Yeah. I mean, but look at Jim Abbott. Jim Abbott didn't even have an arm. Like, and he was able to like still put a club and field and like, right. like, yeah, that was wild. What a cool little thing that we talked about today on the podcast. I could talk about that all day. Baseball. <laughs> let's baseball. get let's get back into that. So, all right. So, you went to college. You wanted to uh, be a baseball player, but what? When did you like? Did you ever have any jobs like in college or high school? Or? Yeah. So early on, actually, I ended up not playing basketball my senior year because I got a job at Finish Line at the mall. Oh yeah, selling shoes. I was actually in the back stocking actually receiving in goods and stocking the back end shelves uh, and this was during a time when lebron james was brand new in the scene um you still had the lance armstrong bracelets like all that stuff so i got to see all of that material coming in before anybody else got to see it which was super cool um and then i got my start selling shoes and it's funny I, and again reflection like we were just talking about Part of why I was so successful at selling the shoes was a, a manufacturer named Brooks actually educated us on how to sell their shoe. And ever since then, I've just been like an, an education nut about like just certain things uh, to be able to then assist people and in, in helping them out, kind of listening to their their needs and their desires and then really putting them in the right right situation. And, and I did that with, with shoes early on, <laughs> funny enough. I sold, yeah, shoes I, for, shoes. I sold shoes for a time. Yeah, I was a pizza delivery guy. Um, I did a lot of construction work, a, a lot of construction work. I was a roofer. I was there a carpenter. I was a stonemason. I was a block mason. I was a laborer. Uh, I mean, you name it. Excavator, put in septic systems. Like, I've done a lot of things. What, um, what was your first real job, you would say? Like, your first, like, oh, like, like. You know, like health like, benefits, all that well, stuff. I, yeah, I guess. I'm like, it sounds yeah. like you get a lot of real jobs, but like, it sounds like you had so many of them that, like, were you just like showing up when people needed you, or like, did, were, were you, did you actually no, go this get like it's like this was from year I was like 14 years old until probably 21. I had like those odds and ends jobs. I'd work two jobs most of the time. Like, I'd work, um, I worked for the gas company for a little while too. So I worked for the gas company during the day. And then in the evenings I would work at um, either pizza Joe's delivering pizzas or I'd work at um, uh finish line. So like I would, I would always have two jobs just to keep, keep things going there. But my first job would be, I'd say Mars home for youth was like my first real job. Whenever I was 21 had health insurance and all that stuff. You're like, yeah. hey, look at me. I got a real job. I got a real paycheck. Yeah. It's not just cash under the table, you know? It's like. You know? Yeah, I know how those contractors can be sometimes. Um, so that's cool. Uh, yeah, what, I ran a group uh, home there for like three years. I ran a group home for at-risk youth, um, eight years old to 18 years old. It was an all-girls dorm. 
and then I also ran an all boys dorm during that time. What made you get into that? Um, it was a good opportunity while I was I was going to school. I was going for uh, criminal justice system, so it just sort of fit in line with that. One of my buddies during uh, during a summer class, he told me about an opening they had, so I went and applied, and I got the job. Okay, so it was really just you know social worker kind of thing. Got the got yeah. a good job opportunity. Well, you mentioned too earlier when we talked that. You've been a, you've been big on growth mindset, uh, always improving yourself, and you know me becoming friends with you over the last year. I've kind of noticed that. You know, I don't think you've ever actually even had to tell me. I've just watched some of the things that you're into and some of the things you talk about on your podcast, um, some of the different hobbies that you do with jujitsu and running. Tell me about where where does all that come from? You know, because I'm starting to put the story together on Ron Jordan, and I'm thinking, all right, small town you know, kind of country, you know, trying to run away from that and try to like, you know, do tech and, you know, cool stuff. And then like hard work along the way, lots of hard work I hear. And then the growth mindset, like, where does that come from uh, with you? So it actually started with my buddy, Sean Thomas. He got me into reading books, um, like think big, grow rich, a couple of those types of books um, during my, my first stint in multi-level marketing with Amway. Ooh, and there's a little button. Yeah, I didn't know yeah. we could get a little MLM in there. <laughs> Them so shoes, like, those shoe, those, those shoe, that shoe job selling shoes ruined you. you. You're a sucker for sales ever since. I have been. I'm still a sales guy. Um, I I was always very interested in, and this this is going to sound really bad, but like being as lazy as possible but still accomplishing as much as I possibly could. So optimizing myself and through reading and through like really understanding like my mind and how it works and how it can effectively change others and like to assist me and my goals and assist them and their goals and like have this cohesive community. That was what I was really after, especially as I was trying to build that program with the girls, it was just like, how can I most effectively do this job? And it had to be with everybody, but I wasn't good at working with everybody. So I had to learn how to do that. And really Sean showed me the ropes and like told me who to watch and who to listen to and which books to read. And another guy, Rich Bianchi, like the, between those two guys, like that was, that was the recipe. And that was the, my initial like Fourier into this growth mindset. And I haven't looked back since. I love well, it. Well, and there's a couple. So it wasn't like there was some big, like, I don't know, come to Jesus moment or like some type of like bad, like uh, adversity that you had to overcome to like, really like well, say there, there sort of was like, I got fired from that Mars home for youth job because I lost my shit on somebody. Okay. And ever since that day, I will never be the same person again. Tell me why. Um, because I hurt somebody that I cared about. And during that moment, I lost sight of what I was really doing. And from that moment on, I was always setting out to never lose sight of where I'm going ever again. So if that's giving myself time to process, giving myself time to listen um, I do those things now. 
and and I set out on a journey. This was shit eight years ago now, nine, ten years ago, something like that. And like, I will never do that to somebody again, ever. Wow, that's really that's that's a lot of wisdom there. You guys, I uh, hope you guys are listening to that. Um, he was definitely aware of the situation when it happened. Probably felt terrible about it, knowing everything I know about Ron. Probably got caught up into it. You know, everyone has emotional. Uh, we're all emotional beings. It's how we respond to those emotions that you know. I think separate the the greats from the the not so greats. Well, I mean, the- if you here's the story. Like the story goes during the time like these kids would work through a program, and during certain levels of your program, you got to go home on home visits. Well, whenever you didn't do what you were supposed to do, you got put on restrictions. Well, one of my staff members took a restricted kid to go on a home pass and like took them as a rider with them. So like they got privileges that they shouldn't have. And they were a flight risks, which meant that they were a runaway risk because they had just run away the week before. So like, I I just couldn't believe that that mistake was made. And it was a time where I needed, I needed other things to be done and not worry about this thing. Um, and, and I just lost it. I couldn't, I couldn't believe that it it had happened, but then I couldn't believe the way that I've reacted to it. Well, that's the that's the one thing that we can control. You can't control. We and we know this now, right? We're, we almost feel like we're like old old wise guys, but at the end of the day, we're not. We're we're very humble about like where we've come from and where we're going. But back then, you're like, like you just couldn't like you couldn't fa- you couldn't you couldn't fathom what happened, but you couldn't control that. You didn't do that. You could have only controlled your response, right? And now we know that, right? As as adults and people that have been punched in the face a couple of times, and yes, I'm glad it only took one time for you, because for me, I feel like I, you know, it probably happened to me like ten or fifteen or twenty times before I started to like get a little bit wiser. You're a little bit sharper than I am, Ron Jordan, so that's pretty cool. <laughs> but uh, so that's good. I mean, like, and you talked a little bit about you know knowing where you're going, and a lot of you know I talk about being you know being a visionary myself talking about vision, right. And, and understanding what your vision is and and getting that vision crystal clear. So then that way you can align yourself with people that fit into that vision, Uh, whether that's, you know, people that you choose to be around your friends and your family uh, or your coworkers, people that you do projects with, you know, I know that you've got, uh, you know, you, you got a day job now, which, what's your main gig now? Where do you, you sell electrical? Yeah, I sell high-voltage electrical equipment to uh, all the utilities. If you pay your bill to a utility, they're likely our customer. Yeah. There you go. So, I mean, like, that's something that's always going to be around. And uh, Yeah, my so, grandpa told me from an early age, he says, you should either work for the electric company or the gas company. And now I work with both. So I listen yeah. to that wise man. Well, it's true. I mean, like, I don't – I've heard – I'll never forget working with a couple of homeowners doing what we do at Big Fish Contracting and roofing and siding and gutters. I remember a lady that told me she was retired from AT&T. And like, this lady was not poor. This lady had like, she was very quiet, humble, very like, but she had a pile. I mean, like everything that she had was nice. Everything was like, and she's been retired for like 20 or 30 years. But someone told me that like, People that work at utility companies, especially back in the day. I don't know how it is today, but back in the day, they were, they were great jobs. They were well taken care of. They got great pensions. Um, I'm sure just like with everything else in life, it's probably changed a little bit. Um, but, yeah, yeah if, you, always... if you could stick it out in utilities, you get you get treated well at the end. 
how do you feel about everything going solar? Like, is that, a, is that um, good or bad? I mean, I guess it's just like, it's just no, changing, I right? Think it's it's just... a, uh, I think it's a renewable resource that is actually gets a pretty good name that it shouldn't. It takes a it takes a huge carbon footprint to actually create it. It takes a huge carbon footprint to to destruct them, and they start losing their capacity after ten years, and they really don't generate very much energy. So, I think it's a it's a band aid on a worse problem. Um, we're too reliant on carbon or, or fossil fuels rather, and the easy thing to do was um, was solar, but in my opinion, really the the best way is water. Water's the way to go. Uh, hydroelectric as well as these, there's like these really cool methods where you can create energy just by the, by, by the movement of the water. And that's something to take into consideration like wave technology and, and those types of things. But yeah, I don't like solar. I don't, I, I shouldn't say I don't like solar, I don't think that it's a remedy for what we're going th through, but I do think in like countries where you don't have a grid, they're it's beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful so that because makes you sense. don't have yeah. to run lines; you just have an isolated location where you can get power. And I think in those circumstances, it's beautiful. It's perfect. It it relieves so much stress on those communities. So would that be like the um, the silver lining and like, you know, I totally understand what you're saying about, you know, to create the solar energy, they had to like, you know, burn through all this carbon to kind of get it. But now that they got it, the silver lining is, oh, someone in Africa who doesn't have a, a, a lot of water coming out somewhere, doesn't have like a, you know, doesn't have right. um, the grid that we have, boom, they can put like something here. And then we could take that, you can get energy, and then we could also get you a purification system for the, the dirty water that you do have, clean it up. Now you got energy and clean water, and it's like, oh, like without cords. Yes. <laughs> like we're working, right? Like, and it's, it is fascinating, right? It, it might not be good for America right now, but it is good for, you know, those other parts of the world. So, yeah. This, we could probably do a whole other podcast on, on renewable energy and stuff like that. And I would be way, I'd just be the guy asking questions. I wouldn't be able to add much to it. <laughs> Other than I think we are going to start doing some solar roofing at Big Fish only because they got a new technology where we can uh, inside the shingle. Now they can put the uh, like the solar. Um, it's not a panel anymore. It's going to be like the solar cells. Yeah. And that can be wired up and then people can save a lot of money on their electric bill. So when you get a new roof, you basically um, can almost eliminate your electric bill by getting a new roof. So it's kind of uh, the second biggest thing I think people are going to be doing, you know, the They've been trying to do their cars now for a while with Tesla. Um, and then the people that are interested in that, those early adopters are going to start getting their roofs. And then, you know, one day your driveway will be solar. You know, I would think, you know, uh, anywhere that there's, you know, flat, flat things that can kind of radiate in the sun. But uh, in Pittsburgh, thinking like the sun can't come out that much. Like, <laughs> like I don't. Yeah. Anytime we can harness potential energy is, is going to be useful in some sort of application. So, Storage is always the problem. Um, so once we solve how to capture it, then you got to solve how to store it, and then we have no problem using it. So, yeah, well, that's that's kind of what uh, that's what we're doing right now. I mean, I got a bright light shining on me. I got plugs all over the place. I got sound stuff. We got computers running. Let's get back into Ron Jordan current day. Um, 
First of all, too, I know you have a, a little family up there in Slippery Rock. You tell us tell yeah. us about how Ron Jordan got, you know, hitched up with a family. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, I mean, I met my wife down in Pittsburgh. This was now 12 years ago. Um, all good things mutual, happen in Pittsburgh. Yeah, through a mutual friend. Our mutual friend was moving. We both decided to help her move. And we met on moving day. And then after that, we had a couple dates. And then, shit, I moved in with her, I'd say, like, six months after we were dating. So it was pretty wild. Um, and I moved down to Pittsburgh. And then we decided that we were going to move out of the city once my daughter was getting to the age of, like, going to school and things like that. And we don't have any kids together. But um, I have a, a stepson now. He's in the Navy. And then be my daughter she um her mom and i split up when she was super young and anyhow we moved up to slippery rock we wanted a place that was sort of like in between our families um so my wife she's from that reynolds area and i'm from the uh Carn city shakura area so that was like a good middle ground and we plopped down in, in slippery rock because that's where i got my undergrad from too and I was familiar with the area, and I knew that it, it had good good school systems. So that's where we ended up. We've been there ever since. That's cool, man. I know your wife; she's a big uh, she's she's a big supporter of the NFT space. I know she's out there doing a lot of uh, education. Similar, you oh, two she's both incredible. have. Yeah, you both too have similar like. You guys are different, but you guys both are trying to educate everyone, right? And almost in different ways. I know she's an attorney, so she comes from more of like the the law and the legal side, right? And you come from, you're trying to teach people how to build it from like the bottom and like kind of grow it, right? The right way. Yep. And I want to get in, I want to get into um, NF Daddies because, you know, we could talk about your podcast a little bit too, but let's talk about your podcast. Let's go in order. Where, sure. How did you come up with the idea of the Stars podcast? How long have you been doing it? Where can people go to, to listen to it? Oh, for sure. I've been doing it for about three years, and the idea came up from Aaron Diaz, my buddy from Krav Maga. He uh, he had messaged me and said, hey, do you want to do a podcast together? I had already been talking to Alyssa about getting a podcast together, and we had a conversation. He was like, what do you think about Star's podcast? And I was like, well, what does it mean? He goes, straight talk about random shit. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. So we started a podcast together about three years ago. He's since gone and done other things. Um, he's no longer on the podcast, but I just kept it going. And uh, if you want to listen to it, it's thestarspodcast.com. There's about, I don't know, 180 episodes at this point um, where we focus on growth mindset and self-leadership. That's awesome. So I didn't know it was an acronym. See, shame on me for not knowing that it was an acronym. That, say that acronym, acronym again. Stars. S T A R S. What's it stand for? Straight talk about random shit. I just realized that when you said that, I was like, oh. I got thinking <laughs> like I got I got thinking like somebody's a star, we're gonna talk about astrology, you know, I'm like, uh -huh. what's what's going it on? We need to rebrand at some point, but I like it. I just keep it going. Listen, man, that well, means I would have to like create a whole new everything. Well, I'm sure everybody that you have on the podcast, do you do interviews or like do you just like yeah. talk randomly about stuff or uh, so everything is interview based. I will like jump on and just talk about random stuff here and there, but I mostly reserve that for like my TikTok and Instagram and stuff like that. If I'm going to just like go off on a, on a rant or, or a random thing, I'll, I'll save that for just like social media, not the actual podcast. That way people well, don't get confused about what to expect when they get onto the podcast. 
Yeah, so the people that you're interviewing, I mean, obviously, if you're going to get an interview for the Stars podcast, they must be a star. That's what they're thinking, probably. So you right. pro- you've definitely probably helped ev- elevate everybody in that game. So after the Stars podcast, you still got that going on. Tell me about, and I'm going to chop up the word, Rosinante. Yeah, you got it. Did I say it? Rosinante. Yeah. This is how I first found you, right, in the Discord. <laughs> Like you started doing like this stuff with Rosinante and like you added me to the project and you guys were playing these like, games in there and I couldn't figure out what was going on. And yeah, tell me, tell me about Rosinante. So Rosinante, if anybody is a Don Quixote fan or is a fan of the expanse, uh, Don Quixote had a donkey and, or yeah, it was a donkey and its name was Rosinante and it was like this old beat up donkey that was supposed to be absolutely no good, but Don Quixote needed a companion to carry his stuff on, on his travel. So ended up Rosinante was the, was the, uh, the name of that, of that donkey. And they ended up doing all types of epic shit. And that's what, it, that's why, um, that piece of it. And then also, where I came to it, I also like Don Quixote is like this recurring theme in my life as well like it's random that it comes up but when it comes up i like i listen i pay attention and it came up during a book that i was reading which is called the expanse series and anybody who is familiar with like amazon movie or amazon um tv shows it's big on there and what it is it's like this sci-fi show where there's earthers there's martians and there's belters and there's always like this feud amongst each other. And then throughout that, they end up having a, a new nemesis, which is like these ring gates. Anyhow, the main space shuttle on the on the show is called Rosinante. So I love that show. I love the story. It's like this old beat up thing that's not supposed to be any good. And lo and behold, it's like the best thing you've ever seen. And uh that's why I use it. So what? So what do you do with like that? When I see you in Discord, like, because it's separate than NF Daddy. So I had a hard time figuring out what was happening here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just because I'm not that. Like, I don't think I was that hip to everything, and I'm like, so it's really just kind of like your own personal like little brand and company. Yeah, it's my. Like, th- yeah, it's my like, thing. It's it's me as a person, like. Gotcha. NF Daddies is a project. It's a business. It's yeah. There's like five other people involved, yeah, right? It's not like, yeah. just me. Me, right. I'm Rosinante. Like that's that's yeah. my persona online. Like that's my shit on Xbox on everything gotcha. that gotcha. Like, I play on. I'm Rosinante. I got it. So that's like yeah. So that's like you know the the Fisher Benny Benny Fisher Big Fish Benny. Like that's mine, right? Yeah. And then you're Rosinante. All right. And I wanted to always come up with a really cool name like that, but because like, I didn't want to get confused on what I was and I didn't want to change it. I always went with like combinations of like my name and stuff like that. So yep, I don't even know if I could spell Rosinante <laughs> without looking at it. <laughs> hey mom, I need to go back to school to learn how to spell right. it. It it's is all scary, good, man. Though. Are you, do you plan on doing anything with that? Like, what do you do? Like, what do you do with that? Like, like just, it's just the name of my like holding company for everything that I do is like that's the Rosinante Enterprises will be the company that oversees everything else that I do like on a personal level. Like with my running or jujitsu, if I ever monetize any of that stuff, the podcast, like all of that falls under that that umbrella. That's so smart. I think that uh now did you 
Did you think about that stuff before you married the attorney or is that after you married the attorney? Like you start to learn like, Hey, I got to well, structure this stuff at the top. And then it was, we're doing it was after, but it wasn't like a conversation <laughs> she and I had other yeah. than, Hey, if we monetize anything that we're doing, we need to have a company, so yeah. that's why we that's why we opened that Rosanati Enterprise. We could do a whole podcast on business structure and things like that, but I don't want to bore anybody. So it's it is important though, because it's you so definitely important. want to be. But it's what's more important though first is to get sales and to get income um, rather than just set up a bunch of LLCs and then not do anything well, with them. Right? Here's the thing too: is like, yeah, you could set up sales and all of that and get money flowing in, but at the same time, if you're doing anything to grow that business, keeping the receipts and having something to bill against. Oh. Absolutely. It's so important. Got, oh, no, you got to have the expenses. But I just, yep. I do find that there's two types of business owners. There's the one that can go out and just set the world on fire and get a bunch of sales and not keep track of anything. Then there's the kind that, like, think they got to go to LegalZoom, do all the paperwork, and then they actually never actually create a product I'm, or sell a service. I'm the first guy. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> I suck. At, like, you want me to do an expense report? I have to, like, cut off half of my day, shut off my messages. Like, do not bother me because... I have to focus on this because my brain will like, I'll have 17 different tabs open. I'm like, ah, shit, I was doing an expense report. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm with you, man. That's uh, that's why like we, we try to create companies and we try to hire those people, you know, that can that can do that part, right? Exactly. Because like, I'm not good at that part. I'm All right, let's get, to the, let's get to the main attraction. I really want to talk about what you're doing with NF Daddies, and then we'll wrap it up at the end of the show, um, talk about a little bit about V Friends, about VCon, because that that's the fun part. But let's really talk about this project, NF Daddies. Um, talk about the, the vision for it, how you got together with the group of guys. You know, Make sure you, you, you talk about all, those, all the people that are involved with the project. For uh, sure. Let people know what it's all about. Because um, I think this is if you're starting to get into NFTs or even want to learn more about it, and again, I've seen a lot of stuff out there. Here's one thing I can tell you, people. I'll put my own reputation, okay? On any, I won't put my own rep, reputation on NFTs in general because I don't really know, but I put my reputation in on people. And I know that at the end of the day, like, I've done enough watching of Ron Jordan to know that, like, you're in a safe place if you enter his, you know, his, his metaverse, you know, and you yeah. enter his space of – of education and what he's trying to do to just educate people. And people always ask me, Oh, big fish. What's the best way to get started? What's the best? I'm always over here trying to come up with like, you know, Oh, Hey, do your 50 hours of research. So all the stuff that Gary kind of like spit back out to me. And they always yeah. say, well, what website? I'm like, I don't know, dude, I started with like, you know, V friends and started following Gary. And then I just started going down a rabbit trail. But like, if you don't like respond well with Gary, you know, that's not your type of person. Like, I don't know even what to tell you. So what I start to tell people now, I'm going to get a lot better at it this year instead of like not having an answer or kind of just tell them, Oh, figure it out on your own. Cause that that's worthless. They yeah, leave no me direction. They go, yeah. They leave me and they go, oh, yeah, big fish. He's, he's got a secret. He, he won't tell me what it is. Like he knows all about NFTs, but he won't tell me. I'm like, no man. Like I just, I don't know. I keep figuring it out, but this is where you want to go. You want to go to NF daddies and get educated on it. And you, it, like you, you can go and just hang out for free. You can go out and invest, you know, a hundred, couple hundred bucks, you can go out like me and, and put a couple thousand bucks in. Like it's whatever you want to do to kind of be part of the community. Go ahead and tell us about all that. Yeah. NF Daddies is a family friendly learning environment. Uh, we are all inclusive. We're trying to create the next generation of Web3 developers, digital artists, business owners um, to just like I said earlier, Web3 is about ownership. 
Uh, so we want you to be able to own your time, own your projects, own your IP. Um, and that's really what we're teaching you how to do properly. So we teach you how to go from idea, so from concept to launch and everything in between. And I met all of the co-founders through Discord. I was I was listening in. Um, it was funny enough, Marcos. So here, here are the co-founders, Marcos, David, Durant, um, Steven, and myself. And I met Marcos and Steven through a mental well-being clubhouse room, actually. And then we furthered that conversation inside of a Discord chat. And uh, we, we decided that we should build a project out. And funny enough, now through NF Daddies, we're carrying out what we were going to before now. Um, and what we're doing now is with NF Doodles. So NF Doodles is a completely community-generative art project that's going to be an NFT that all folks who have gone through our Web3 workshops will be able to mint for free. Um, so we're still holding workshops. So if, you, if you're listening to this and you want to sign up, go to nfdaddies.com. Uh, you'll be able to follow the links inside of there and sign up and attend one of those courses. And then throughout that extravaganza of uh, meeting up with Marcos and Steven, I was figuring out, like, mm, we need more pieces to this puzzle because we didn't really have all the pieces as far as, um, like, a Web3 development goes. So that's whenever I got into talking with Durant, and then I needed to understand a little bit more about kind of the traits that we were creating inside of our NFT. So I got into the Fame Lady Squad Discord, and then I found um, I found Awo, which is David. And we were five dads. We all shared that dad commonality. So we were all already sort of looking for something to do inside of Web3. And um, once we assembled, it was like really a bunch of media. I've never worked in a group setting where everybody gets along and doesn't agree with each other on on everything. Like it was really fun to like spitball ideas with those guys, and uh, and like really come to the final product of NF Daddies. Um, it was so interesting, so interesting. Like Durant, our first Web three developer, I messaged him after um, after I was in on a project. I was looking through it. I saw that they had the Web Connect. I couldn't figure out how to do the Web Connect, like connect your wallet to Mint. He was the dev on this one project. I jumped in the Discord. I asked them. I said, hey, who created this? They gave me his name. I go and I message him. He messages me back. And I said, hey, we're, we're starting this project. It's all about education and security in the Web3 space. Uh, we're all dads. Um, we'd love to you know, pick your brain a little bit if, if you would mind. We're trying to understand how to do the Connect Wallet. He was like, absolutely, I'm I, I'm totally in, but I'm actually packing up my bags to go have my first kid right now. So, like, the serendipitous nature of, like, the conversations that we were having was, like, it was meant to be. I just, we just needed to keep going forward with it. And then we launched in October, October 15th in 2021. We thought it was very important to be, like, that class of 21 in the NFT space. And, uh... Since then, we've we've rode the the ups and downs of the market. We've uh, we've done. We set out from a very very early stage where we said we're not going to worry about how many of these tokens we sell. We're just going to continue the mission of educating and keeping people safe. 
and while we're doing that, we're also having a lot of fun inside of the metaverse and inside of these like digital areas where you can meet up. Think of them as like the bar, but it's digital. So like you're going to these places and you're still meeting people, you're you're talking with them, you're wearing clothes that, you know, you've been airdropped and things like that, and you're you're dressed up and you're at this place and you're talking and you're communicating. So we do that. We do the workshops that are Zoom calls. We have uh, interactive website now um, to to teach you everything that you need to know about web security. This is sometimes it's just Web two stuff. Um, you know, don't click on links that you're not familiar with. Make sure that the URLs are correct. Make sure that you're going through trusted sites. Um, only only click on links that you are verified and all of those things that is very web two based, but we brought it into web three. And now, like I said, it's all about ownership. So we're teaching you how to own your ideas. So, man, I got a lot of questions from that. First of all, thank you for what you do for the community. Cause I still, I'll be honest with you, even like back in the summertime last year, like I had no idea what you're up to. Like I would talk to you and I would check in with you and be like, Hey, what's up, man? Like, how you doing? Yep. Like, and then you're like, and then I was in that Rosasante studios and there was like, you know, Hey, if you do this and this play this game, you get this. I'm like, what? Like, I gotta, I gotta go to work, man. Like, I'm like, I'm like, I hear trying to hustle. And then when you kept telling me about the dads coming together and I know I was in part of that project uh, early on dapper uh, dinos cause Gary mm-hmm. had, had, had sponsored them or something. And I was like, Oh, it's dads. It's hanging out. I still didn't realize like what was happening. Now I'm finally starting to understand, okay, cool. Like they're building an education platform. Oh, we're going to be the next generation of education. Like the Rockefellers had an idea. Now we have an idea. Like that's how big I think this is going to be. We're collaborating with people who can teach you financial literacy. We're collaborating with folks that are teaching you how to create games. Uh, like the this what you see on our website is literally the tip of the iceberg of what we're actually working on. It's it's pretty incredible what will happen if you just have that vision like we were talking about and you can communicate it with folks how much they want to help you build it. So when you say build a project, like obviously your tokens, you already have the tokens, right? A lot of people, especially us newbies, we think, oh, part of it getting built is just having the tokens for sale. Then you buy the tokens and then something happens after that. And you get this. What you guys have already done that you guys have have that done. So now what you're doing is you're just like, you're just hanging out and building community now. Like the tech is already yep. kind of done. That, that part's done. Now you're just hanging out and whether it's chat rooms for lack of a better term, you know, called discord or Twitter, you know, Twitter spaces, you know, this thing you call the metaverse, which we could do a whole nother podcast on what you got going on in there. But it's basically just getting people from all over the world into a digital space and hanging out and talking with each other. So let me ask you this, because this is where the businessman in me tries to figure these, these things out. You're going to do this stuff anyway, because like you're passionate about it. You also have this project of like, obviously when people buy tokens, you obviously can raise money. What do you do? Is it, are you going to do this stuff anyway? And then people are going to buy tokens or people buy tokens and then you do more stuff. Like, is it the chicken or the egg mentality? Like, tell me about how the economics work. Yeah. So part of it is also another revenue stream that we have is we actually launch projects for other people. Um, So if you had an idea and you wanted to launch a project, yes, we will teach you how to do it. 
But if you're busy and you got things to do and you got a company to run, but you also want to do this other thing, we will help you launch your project. So that's another revenue stream that we have. Um, the other part that you're talking about is what do you do with those funds as like, not what do you do, but like, what's the purpose? Like what, like what's, what's the, the, what's the end goal? Yeah. Yeah. Like why have a, I mean, I guess having a token is almost proof of concept that you could actually help someone with their token project. Right. Yep. Um, so it doesn't, so necessarily, more... doesn't necessarily matter if you even sell tokens, right? Cause you're actually going to be able to build a company that can help other people launch their own token, kind of similar to our buddy, yeah. um, Mike, Mikey, right? I mean, like yep. his company, like he doesn't, I don't think he has a token project. He uh -oh. just has a company that helps build other people's projects. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of like now this is kind of like, oh, if we want to buy early stock in the NF daddies, because they're going to go out and help all these other places, they're going to get, I'm just saying like, that's almost like a separate thing though, like a separate project right almost like other yeah. than so what is the purpose of like what, what what's the roadmap look like i guess for the nf daddies as a token holder me yes, being a token will... holder so i'm asking for myself too right now we're on that <laughs> yeah i'm sure. just curious because like, i want to go buy more tokens because i believe you're gonna in what get you're access doing. yeah you're gonna get access to more than the basic level courses so as we as we enhance our knowledge base, we're going to enhance your knowledge base as a token holder, first and foremost. Um, there's plenty in the works as far as utility for the token, but we're still super early. Like that utility is going to be anything that we're involved in, we're going to get our token holders involved in somehow, some way, whether that's access to the projects that we're launching, um, access to other projects that we collaborate with, uh, getting you involved in, in these higher education courses, things like that. Like that's the thing too about NFTs. And, and it's like, uh, this is how I explain it to everybody. It's the loyalty card that never goes bad. Like it never goes bad. It's constantly there. It's always going to be there. And also too, like you have, you have the ability to go out and create something with your NFT. So like if you're a, a savvy digital artist and you get an NF daddies, that's super rad and you got 20 or 30 of them and you want to create this like community in the digital world and you create a cartoon or something like you have that ability to do that because you have IP rights over it. So, you know, as a token holder, you own that piece of, of art, but now it's actually yours. Um, and that's what we're trying to teach people is the ownership piece of intellectual property and the public ledger that is the blockchain and how powerful that that is. You know, you talk about and, and I say this too, like school fundraisers will never be the same once they figure out blockchain. No, Volunt never. Volunteer, oh. volunteer fire departments will never have another issue with a treasurer taking their money and scooting away with it. Like you're never going to have those problems. And if you do, you're going to be able to siphon it right back to the person that did it because everything's on a public ledger. There's no, there's no ambiguity. And I think that's the really powerful piece and why I'm so passionate about NFTs and web three and cryptocurrency is because there's finite amounts of things. There's, there's caps to everything. Everything's visible. Everything's public. So there's no behind the closed door, behind the curtains, a little slicking here, a little slicking there. Like none of that shit can happen. Do you in, think that that's why, but do you think that I here, here's what's crazy about me. I actually think that's going to hurt 
the growth of NFTs in general early on because there's so many seedy people out there. That now, that, now that they realize it, they're like, oh, crap, we can't do this. People can see us doing it. So, yep. And because there's more bad people out there than good people, like we're going to go. It's going to be a long. We have a long road to hoe in this world because the ones that are still in it are the good guys. Like that's that's the thing about this whole like up and down. Like guys like me and Ron Jordan, we're still in it because like we get it and it's like, oh, it's like a it's like bliss. It's like it's like almost like a utopian heaven. It is an economy could live like this. I mean, government's not gonna want you the government doesn't want you to see this. Nope. Because part of the reason is because it's so transparent. Now, in an ideal world, we would want the government to be on the blockchain. Everything. For sure. You would be able to see like the way they vote, the way they spend their money, the way they do everything. <laughs> Wouldn't it be nice to have tokens inside of each one of your commissioner's wallets or your state representative wallet on how they voted on certain things throughout time? And like that's a public ledger that's going to be with them forever. Like I think that's really important. I think that's the future of of your job resume. You're going to get these tokens that live with you forever as your certifications. I really believe that. Yeah, it's going to be like your your street cred. It's going to Absolutely. be like it's going to be your resume. It's going to be your like proof of like life and work. And again, because we are in a forgiving society and because we want to give people second chances, I know you talk a lot about growth mindset. I talk a lot about it. It's okay that you had a flaw on the blockchain. As long as you can show that you've been working to 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 do work to yeah. fix it. Right. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, it's called, like, stack it back up. Like, start over again. And, like, do it in a in the right way instead of, like, you know, trying to use a bunch of, you know, flashiness and a bunch of this yeah. and a bunch of that. It's like, oh, man, like, this is real. Like, this isn't fake. Like, this isn't, like, a screenshot. Like, you know, this isn't, like, someone trying to put floss and be somebody else, right? So it's super important that, you know, people understand the technology of the blockchain. It's super important that um, people – can just kind of understand where all of this kind of arrives. So it, it's really fascinating. I appreciate you sharing some of those insights. I uh, go to nfdaddies.com for more information. I think you sell tokens for what? 0.07 Ethereum, right? Yeah. Which is like, I don't know. Which right now, which right, I, don't, I don't have my calculator, right? It's a hundred bucks. Now I bought okay, in. I was 1200 times 0.07. 84 bucks you can 84 in. bucks you can be in man call the 100 <laughs> bucks in case you gotta get, get get a little extra in there but yeah you got a little so gas for, action <laughs> yeah for 100 bucks you can be part of this community and then what does someone do like once they're a token holder how do they get involved is just hang out in the discord and like look for updates or yeah so you can get in touch with us uh we hold meetings every month uh we have a newsletter that we push out um so that's that's something that you can get involved with but yeah discord is our our main target uh we also have a twitter we also have instagram we also have tiktok so we we push out content everywhere um to draw attention to nf daddies in general but as a token holder you'll want to be um you'll want to be inside of discord twitter and inside of that newsletter that way you have up-to-date information on what we have going on um as far as metaverse events uh, podcasts that we're up to events that we do. Like we just came back from NFT NYC. We were over in NFT Miami. We went to VCon. Like we're, we're all over the place. So well, that's we're, a great segue. That's a great segue. Cause I do want to wrap up the show and talk a little bit about uh, V friends and VCon. So first of all, tell me what got you into to the V friends community. Uh, you were instrumental in helping me pick out a few tokens. I know that. Yeah, for sure. Um, I really, what drew me in, 
again, back to that Gary V mindset was I got turned on to Gary V like whenever Sean was talking to me about growth mindset. So I knew about Gary. I was following him. I didn't follow him very much, but he was like coming up on my newsfeed again. So his algorithms were working and I had heard him talk about these access, like getting access through NFTs. And I went back and forth in my head like four or five different times. I was like, all right, because I had a little bit of cash set aside to do something with. And I was like, you know what? Let me let me explore this a little bit further. And I started doing the research and I started understanding it a lot more. And, I, and then whenever he told me about um, – hang on one sec. Whenever he was telling us about access, like backstage passes or meet and greets with people through this verifiable piece of art, I was like, okay, so it's a backstage pass basically. I get it. And it was in cryptocurrency, and I was already exploring crypto in general because I didn't understand, like, what happens when you mine something or what happens – you know, I didn't understand any of that. So I was already down the rabbit hole, and whenever he brought it up, I was like, okay, I got it. And then I, even then, I, I passed on it like three or four different times. I was like, I told my wife, I said, honey, I, I, I want to get into it, but I just don't, I'm not there yet. I said then, tw 12 times, I, th the stories kept coming up, five, 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 five. And I'm like, no, no, I can't do it because I know once I go in, I'm going to go all the way in. Yep. And finally, like, right, like, I'm, I think on five, four, I like, all right, I'm not missing out. Like, dude, Gary's been too many, right on too many things. And that's, yeah, he sucked me in. You know, the, the, the marketing, I would tell his, I wouldn't even market his consistency and his conviction is what yeah. got me in. Yeah. Same here. Same here. He's not, and it was all about reputation and, and I'm similarly going through that blueprint myself is like my reps on the line. Like this is who I am. This is our project. And like, this is, I went fully docs from the very beginning. Cause I thought that was important um, to show established trust and, and establish the brand and, all of those things that I've been learning for the last 15 years of my life about this growth mindset and building business and through the, like my MBA and learning all of that. It's just like, this was the, the culmination of all that now. And I believe in it. Like I truly believe in it because of, because of that, that conviction and that public transparency piece of it. So what's that blueprint yeah. you got behind you? Is, is that one of the ones you own? Yeah, that's a sentimental salamander. I used to own a turnt tick. Yeah, I remember I that. I, was, I thought I was a flip guy, and then I, I flipped it and didn't realize royalties come out of that too. So I lost 12.5% on the sale and was not able to flip up like I wanted to. Um, so, yeah, now I got a sentimental salamander. So that's your <laughs> V friend. Like That's the one that gets you into VCOM. Yeah, this is from, uh, from MetaRelics. If you're familiar with them, they'll, yeah, they'll break I think that's, NFTs. I think that's, that's where I got the hangout hawk behind me at. Yeah. So talk to me about VCon. So that sentimental salamander got him a ticket to VCon. And then, um, and then so you and your wife got to go to VCon. Tell us about your VCon experience and like, I don't know, give me a couple minutes. I know you could talk about it for two hours, but yeah, absolutely. So my VCon experience was like one of, I was on a mission. I was on a mission to learn from a few different individuals. I was on a mission to really network and grow. NF daddies is what my mission was. Um, I wasn't there to party. I wasn't there to really have fun per se. Like I was there to work and that's what I did for the most part is I worked. 
I, I networked a ton. I went to, I did go to parties, but it wasn't to party. Like, I saw I you there. at parties. Yeah, but the parties yeah. that we went to weren't parties like like college parties. They were like, they had all of, like the the feel of it if you didn't know any better. But like, I hardly see anybody drinking. I, like, there was barely any food at these parties because everybody was too busy talking. <laughs> yep. It was like, but it was still fun, right? Like, and, and some of them were a little bit loud, so sometimes they were harder to hear. But, um. Yeah, I definitely went just to network. You definitely went to network with more of a purpose for your project. I, w- I don't have a project, sure. so I just I just got to go and hang out and say hi to people. Yeah, but I mean, overall, the the VCon itself was one that I would highly recommend that if you're looking into blockchain technology or if you're looking into NFTs, you should attend. Everybody there, uh, super friendly. Everybody there is like very inviting and warm and and courteous. Um, there was only like one instance where things got a little bit crazy with the merchandise, but like other than that, everybody's super well behaved. There's nothing like nothing to that your family couldn't go to. Um, like it was, it was just really wholesome. If I'm gonna yeah, break it, down it, re- it like, reminded me of going to like a a church youth group with a bunch of old people that were like having a really good time. Like, like it was like, it reminded me of like a really progressive church youth group that is like just a bunch of, I don't know. It's like, it's like a bunch of people from Chick-fil-A's rockstar like event. Like, yeah, 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 for sure. You know what I'm saying? Like like, you could play video games upstairs, cornhole downstairs. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. yeah, Very wholesome. Like I loved it, dude. I was like a kid in a candy store, man. Like I was like, dude, it was so awesome. And then the concerts were good too. Like they had super good concerts in the evening. Uh, so like whenever you wanted to let your hair down and you wanted to go out, like they had concerts that you could go to that were, that were fun. Um, but yeah, overall experience, I'll be back next year. Um, oh, I, I can't wait. They, yeah. I hope they do something about lines and those types of things and they put it in a smaller arena. But other than that, it was good. <laughs> Ron Jordan's got ideas, Gary, if you're listening, if you're listening, <laughs> I think, I think that uh, next year we'll probably work on that. I think, Part of it, though, is, you know, Gary's always doing human experiments. And if he sees people wait in line that long, he knows they'll wait in line for other stuff. And he knows that there's a demand. And I think he likes to see that demand. I think he, uh, I think that feeds, that feeds the beast. And I think I saw those lines. I, I used to, go, I was, I would go up to the people in the front of that line. They'd be on the ground. Like it was reminding me of like 1998, 1999 tickets when like concert tickets would go on sale or baseball, like world series or super bowl tickets. And you'd have to line outside the mall and like go in a line around and people are staying there overnight. And I would interview these people and I'm like, what are you guys doing? Like, don't you think you'll run into them somewhere else? Like, why are you going to spend five hours and just sit here and wait for the man to show up for a quick autograph? Now I'm saying that, like I've already met the man a few times. So like, it was easy for me to say, but I'm like, there's so much to do out here. How can you sit in line for five hours? But I think if they come up with like a, like a buddy system where like you wait in line, come out, you get to go hang out. Your buddy comes back, then you leave. And then the pizza guy comes and delivers you a pizza. <laughs> Cause like, what do you do about going to the bathroom? That's what I was thinking. I was like, but because everyone's so nice and sweet, I think as long as you form the line and stay there for 20 minutes, you can kind of come and go as you want it. Yeah, probably. I tr- because everyone's so nice. Like, I don't think anybody can even get mad at each other. Like I didn't yeah, see it, was- it happen. I, that, it was like a one of a kind place where like, it was just happy the whole time I was there. But all right, well, let's wrap this up. One of the things that I always do is ask all the guests five questions. All right. So, and here's the kind of premise for it because I've had to put premises in because people overthink it. I'm shipping you off to an island, okay? Completely by yourself, okay? 
completely by yourself. You're there. You know, there, there, there may never be mankind again. I don't know. Don't ask me any questions. What book are you taking with you? You got one book. You're only allowed to pack your suitcase with one book. What book are you taking with you? Mr. Growth Mindset Guy. One book. One book. What's your favorite book that you want to take with you? Um, can I take a series? I'm just going to take a series. I'm going to I'll take. Tell you what, see, there's always there's always these guys, you know. And every <laughs> what series? <laughs> the Expanse series. So that that like the full, the full ex, the Expanse. Yeah, that's what, what I would do. What is that about for the people listening at home? That's the first yeah, that's time we've ever got that one. About, yeah, I heard it earlier, but what, what is earlier? Yeah. Right. It's a sci-fi book, basically. Okay. Like your so it's sci-fi, entertaining. it's very entertaining. Very, uh, yeah. It's so something it's not, that I it's read. Not, it's I not. It's not expanding your mind into growth mindset more. It's more just for pure entertainment because it's yeah. going to have to keep you engaged. All right, cool. Love it. Yep. All right, what movie are you taking with you? Oh man, movie, rookie of the year. Oh wow! Look at you, baseball guy. I th- so crazy, man. Like, man, I feel like me and you had the same childhood. We didn't even like, <laughs> like I love that movie too. Oh, it's the yeah, best. But I was also nerding out on video games and computers and then trying to play sports. Yeah, it was it was wild. I was all over the place. Yeah. All right. So I did book, I did movie. All right, what restaurant are you putting on the island? It could be something like that you love, something famous, not so famous, hole in the wall. What just what restaurant are you putting on the island? Burger King. All right. That's the, I think that's the first time I got Burger King, but hey. It's uh well you're gonna have it your way so I mean right like yeah listen if you're <laughs> have it your have, way if you're gonna have fast food you may as well have it flame broiled like it's from the grill and you it's it's good I like but it. you can have any restaurant in the world you're picking Burger King I just want you to make sure you're hanging on to that I like that about you yeah I like that all right yeah because you can get shakes you can get like chicken you can get burgers you can get now my yeah. kid listen Sammy loves is it called the chicken fries oh yeah. Dude, he's like, Dad, give me an order of chicken fries, regular fries, and a ten piece nugget. Yeah. Like, he's like does he eat the sauce with the chicken fries? No, too? he doesn't eat any sauce. No, he's not a sauce. Oh, he's guy. A he'll, savage. Do ketchup, he'll do catch he'll do ketchup with fries, but that's about it. Yeah, no sauce. Word. But Burger King's definitely his favorite fast food. So like you and him would get along well. Perfect. All right. And then uh, what's the other oh, so you're allowed to take one trip, you're allowed to go anywhere in the world for a week. Where do you go? Ooh, I think Australia. All right. Have you ever been there? No. Ooh, nice. All right. Do you know that I am friends with um, two people from Australia through the Hangout Hawks? Oh, yeah? Yeah. And one of them actually came to VCon. The other one uh, got married and was pregnant and I think had a baby, so she couldn't come. But, um, okay. yeah, I have two new friends now that I actually talk to on a regular basis, kind of just about as often as I talk to you, about once once or twice a month. And, yeah, Australia. So, like, anytime that you really want to go. Yeah, he owns a cactus farm, John Hall. Anyway. All okay. right, last question. You're allowed to get one person to come to this island for 24 hours. It could be past, present, future. Who's coming? <laughs> I want to say Tom Hanks. <laughs> <laughs> now, now that's funny. Is he bringing his volume? Is he bringing Wilson with him? Too? Yeah, he's bringing Wilson yeah. too. And then when he has to, yeah, okay. But that's that's Tom Hanks would probably definitely be the guy to talk to if you're like stuck on an island. Yeah. Right. Well, is that your final answer? <laughs> yeah, but I stick with it. 
All right. No, that's a, that's a funny answer. Very thoughtful, Roger. You are definitely a thoughtful human being. So listen, I really appreciate you uh, coming on the show today. I know that uh, if people follow me for any period of the future, that you will definitely be back on. Um, I'm excited too to be a little bit more intentional now that I've got out of the whole ADHD, like shiny little object uh, NFT project thing. Now I'm going to be able to focus, hunker down on a couple different projects. Yours is definitely going to be one of them. My man. Um, just because I love what you're building. And um, I love the fact that there's a team that I can trust because I don't have the, I will say the patience or the, um, uh, I think I don't have like the personality for teaching the same way that you guys do. And I really love that. And, and I, I kind of want more of that, but I want to have a place where I can send people because people always want to ask me, and I'm like, I'm not a good teacher. Like, like I wouldn't even tell you to do as I do because, like, you know, I could, you know, I have my own system. Me either. Yeah, no, like I'm wild and crazy, Don't man. Betty like, does all the time. Trust me. Yeah, because I mean, like a lot of people can't handle that, but I have a method to my madness. But uh, you do. Yeah, for people that want to take it slow, take it easy, and like you know, learn at their own pace. Like, yeah, you get in with. Uh, with Marcus and uh, Steven. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's taken us six months, almost, well, eight months almost. And it's going to probably be another two more months before we actually launch that community project because we've wanted to get people through that program at, at like a really slow pace. So if like you come in now, we want you to be able to go back and be able to watch everything and, and come into it thoughtfully. All right, that's awesome. Thanks again for your time today. What is the best way to get a hold of you? Twitter? Uh, the best way to get a hold of me, yeah, Twitter is The Stars Podcast. If you're over on Instagram, it's um, stars underscore podcast. And then if you want to just, like, check out our websites, you can go to nfdaddies.com, nfdaddies.io. You can also go over to thestarspodcast.com, uh, catch up on all the recent episodes over there. Awesome. Thanks again for being here. And if you got any value out of this podcast, I'm really bad about promoting my own podcast. Please like, subscribe. I don't know where I'm pointing. I'm trying to do what everybody else does. Just tell me, send me an email. Let me know like that you're liking this stuff because we've had all kinds of different people on, especially in the NFT community. So I look forward to doing a couple more of these interviews this summer. Uh, we'll be back next week. Same place, same channel. See you again. Thank you for listening to the Big Fish Cares podcast. It's our passion to help share stories and journeys, to help inspire optimism, to take action and accomplish your goals. Make sure to like, rate, and review the show. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on the website at www.thebigfishcares.com. Find us on Facebook at The Big Fish Cares and on Instagram at bigfish.benny. See you next time.